Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Red Wings. I am your host, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi. Here with you today, the same time, the same place, as I am every day. But today I have a special guest with me for the second day in a row. So, uh, Ethan's trial period evidently went well, according to me. Uh, I decided that I, I kind of enjoyed having somebody to, you know, respond to my random thoughts and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to keep him on for a little bit. Uh, we do have a, a, a pretty, pretty solid episode for you guys tonight. Obviously the Red Wings returning to action, uh, in Buffalo against the Sabres, uh, the lowly, lowly Sabres who, uh, you know, were projected to have a, you know, take a step forward this season. They got off to a hot start last year. Everybody thought, Oh, here's the, here's the, Here's this team about to reap the rewards of a disastrous rebuild that really hit a rock bottom like the Red Wings are seeing now and kind of an example that, you know, these things don't always work out. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that game. Plus, do want to catch you up on some other notes from around the organization. Uh, we have an injury update on Anthony Mantha, uh, as well as two guys who were recalled today uh, from Grand Rapids, that being Gustav Lindstrom, uh, the defenseman, and Taro Hirose, the playmaking forward out of Michigan State. Another homegrown boy. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so we got lots to talk about today. And uh, one thing that I did want to start off the show with was the question, should the Red Wings trade Jonathan Bernier? Now, wait, are you, do you mean their MVP candidate goaltender? Jonathan Bernier? That's the one, yes. Uh, you know, the Red Wings right now, we kind of discussed yesterday just how bare that uh, that pile of assets is that they can deal away to you know maybe get some draft picks or some prospects or something along those lines uh and it's looking right now like trading jonathan bernier might as well be their only choice now uh we are going to get to that in just a little bit but ethan uh do you want to say hello to our listeners and just how do you feel to be back for the second day in a row you know Nolan, i feel so lucky to be back i think i'm gonna start playing the lottery that was First off, that joke sucked. Second off, that was just rude. I mean, I, I let you come on my show, and that's how you treat me? I was being genuine. So what do you think? Should the, <laughs> should the Red Wings trade Jonathan Bernier? You know what? Yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Man, it's... it's this, this poor guy's making... He's letting, he let one goal in, and they lost one to nothing. He makes that unbelievable two-on-one save... Guys, I'm a goalie. I've been a goalie since I was eight. And nothing feels worse than when your team just can't score a goal in front of you. Yeah, and that definitely describes the Red Wings right now and uh, all season. Uh, Jonathan Bernier right now sitting at a 9.08 save percentage on the season, but I do... What's his goals against average, Nolan? Uh, That is a great question. I have it right here. I'm going to stall. His last 10 games, he's been uh, even more magnificent... And just with his return and how well he's returned from that lower body injury, it does kind of raise the question, like, is there a team out there that could be looking for him, uh, looking for a goaltender? You saw yesterday Frederick Anderson going down in Toronto. Uh, at, at this time of year, there's no such thing as having too much goaltending. I mean, how many, how many years have we seen a team who's made a trip to the Stanley Cup Finals or even, in, you know, in the case of, say, the Pittsburgh Penguins, won the Stanley Cup uh, with two goaltenders really splitting time in that postseason I really don't think that having two solid goaltenders that you can call on in the case of emergency during the playoffs is a is a bad option. So I do think that there will be a market for him. I mean, yeah. Let's get a first-round pick out of him. Let's get another lottery pick out of him. 
I'm feeling now, lucky. Let's roll the <laughs> dice. I'm talking about a top six forward, potentially, like a young one. You know, a nice little prospect we can keep in the AHL. You're still on a bit of a trial period. I might cat. <laughs> I might cast you back out onto the Twitter streets. Uh, no, and I'm so like the one thing that makes this all interesting uh, for me, right? Is yeah, he's got a 908 save percentage. Yeah, he's got that what 2.89 goals against average or whatever it is right now. Yeah. But in his last 10 games, this team gives up four goals a game, Nolan. Yeah. This in his Those last are phenomenal this, numbers. Yeah, you're not going to win many games. I mean, we saw with Jimmy Howard when he stepped in for Bernier. He hasn't had a good season. He was phenomenal, and he lost six straight in, in those games, despite being the best Red Wings player on the ice most games. Poor uh, fellow's got a two-win season on, under his belt right now. I know. It's it will, just sad. It's, it's especially sad to me because he has been the franchise goaltender for so long. I know. Like a decade, and he never won anything. I don't think his name's on the cup. He, came at, he wasn't in an All-Star game one time. He was, yeah. And, there, and then he was going to be cool. in another one, but he got hurt. Yeah. There was that, too. But uh, when, when, I, when we look at the Bernier situation, I really think that this is a case of somebody getting hot at the right time. Uh, the Red Wings could really luck into something here uh, with that whole situation, given how uh, you know, we, we mentioned you know, earlier today and on yesterday's podcast, they don't really have a lot of high-interest assets right now. And you've got a goaltender who, in his last 10 games, has a save percentage of 940 uh, and is 4-5 and five in those games. So Jonathan Bernier, to me, is one of those players who, while he's putting together some pretty solid numbers, uh, that those are numbers that ex- are extremely deflated because of the fact that you know he's been playing in, in front of the team that he has. You just really never know with the goal, with what the trade market's going to be. And it's pretty thin right now. From, I mean, you're talking like uh, in an overall perspective, or just yeah. I mean, scoring's up this year. I mean, last a couple years ago we traded Mrazek for a second and a third round pick. I mean, there's just not a lot of big names that are, and plus there are goalies in free agency next year. Like Hope he's going to be in there. I mean, that's it. It's more of just a wait and see type of thing with goalies. It's so hit and miss. Yeah, and I definitely think that uh, barring uh, you know an injury somewhere, I think a team who you're going to look to pull a pick from you know with a Jonathan Bernier trade is going to be an on the bubble team you know obviously you're not going to you're not going to be calling up Pittsburgh you're not going to be calling up Boston you know you're not going to be calling up those teams saying hey we got a number one goaltender for you but I do think that there's going to be a couple teams who are a little bit on that bubble and saying hey we're a solid goaltender away from being the sixth or fifth seed overall in the east or, or the west I don't know. Just some food for thought. Obviously, this is a, a very big waiting, waiting and seeing game uh, as the February 24th trade deadline does approach. Uh, just remember, you are going to want to stay up with us every single day uh, up until that point. We are going to be talking about all the latest rumors, uh, all the per, you know perspective moves that the Red Wings can make as the deadline nears, uh, uh, maybe a couple interviews here and there. So while the trade situation right now looks super uncertain, we do have, uh, you know, what, two, three, two and a half, three weeks until, uh, until that February 24th date to, you know, make some moves and see what happens? Yeah. Let's get AA out of here. <laughs> well, so, I, stuttered. I stuttered so bad there. It's all right. You're still learning. Just give me a chance. I'm not good with introductions. No, it's fine. I really think you're going to be okay. It's gonna, this is going to get better over time, people. That's you know what's funny. That's what I told them like the first episode, and then I brought you on. So uh, really, not sure that we're holding our uh, up our end of the bargain on that one. 
Now, the next bit of information I do want to get to uh, today came out of Morning Skate. Uh, Anthony Mantha, who's missed a ton of games since December 21st, got into that fight with Jake Muzzin, cracked his rib, and it was revealed today. Uh, he told reporters that because of that broken rib, he suffered a punctured lung. Now, this is one of those sports injuries that uh, reminds me that I know absolutely nothing about the human body because I would have suspected that a punctured lung meant certain death. I thought I thought lungs were more like uh, I don't want to say puncture resistant. I thought they were more like a balloon, like a water balloon, you know, those that are you can ex- that you can like extremely easy to pop. No, you could like squeeze them a little bit. No, and like you not throw gonna, them at people to explode. You throw them at people. There's a little bit more of a, uh, how how sharp is a rib when it breaks? I mean, it's a piece of bone. I'm assuming like I so when I think about bones, like splintering, I think of it being the same as like a, a, a six by two of cedar or something along those lines. Like a thick wood. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. So I think, you know, your balloon theory. If we're taking that piece of splintered wood and shoving it into a balloon, I think it definitely pops. I don't even know how thin lungs are. If I'm being honest. I know. Well, so that's the thing is like when when I think of a punctured lung, like I would think. I think of like a balloon type of reaction, like it's like, <laughs> you know. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, good on Anthony Mantha for making his return to the dead to speak with the Detroit press corps today. Uh, definitely hoping to get him back soon. He was on the ice uh, in practice a couple of days ago with that orange non-contact jersey on. So. Uh, hopefully he'll return soon. We talked a couple weeks ago. Jeff Blashill said he was quote at least a month away, uh, so maybe two, three, four weeks uh, still on still to wait on that return. Uh, another piece of information we got coming out uh, is Tar Horosi and defense prospect Gustav Lindstrom getting recalled from Grand Rapids today. Lindstrom, to... yeah, yeah, the, de- <laughs> the defenseman. You know what? him, right? You know what's funny? You know what I was thinking about today, like. Gustav Lindstrom, you know, he's got the N in his name before the D. And there were so many people when Nicholas Lindstrom played here that would say the N before the D. So now you're going to have a group of people who insist on saying Lindstrom's name without the N. Yeah. I guess it's it's just a real case of the pendulum swinging in the other direction. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so he'll be recalled, or he was recalled on Wednesday, uh, expected to make his NHL debut against the Sabres on uh, Thursday night. He will play with Trevor Daly, uh, so we'll see how long that pairing lasts, see how many games he gets. Uh, that'll definitely be exciting to see. Uh, what do you hope to see from a lockdown defenseman in his NHL debut? I mean, he's he's not an oversized guy. He's 6'2", around 190. It, I mean, just hopefully giving us a little bit more stability in our end is what I'm I'm just dying to see. Helping out Bernie a little bit more, helping out Jimmy a little bit more, or Calvin, you know, any, <laughs> any one of those three. Well, he's, uh, helped just out. help a goalie. He's been helping out Calvin Picard plenty uh, in the AHL with Grand Rapids. And now one thing I'll be interesting to see is how he adjusts to the NHL game coming from the AHL. It was his first full season there this year, played 45 games, uh, not going to get a lot of ton of point production out of him, 
Uh, but, you know, the one thing to kind of take into consideration is just the, the difference in style of play that he might experience jumping from the AHL to the NHL uh, in terms of speed. And I think that, you know, with a shutdown defenseman, that might be the biggest thing that's that's, you know, needs adjusting to when making that jump. And it's really actually going to be interesting, too, because he's a young defenseman. We really don't get young defensemen getting called up. No. Joey Hicketts, Brian Lashoff. I mean... Brian Lashoff, young defenseman. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's still in his rookie year. Yeah, something like that. I think think he still qualifies for the Calder. It'll really be interesting to see how much Blashill trusts him, plays him, what roles he gets put in. Penalty kill, power, like, not power play. I mean, like, you know, let's see what what pairings goes out against. Let's see see how he, I want to see him take that rookie lap, you know? Let's see a 21-year-old instead of Joey Higgins take that rookie lap. Now, just based on uh, based on what you know no about offense Jeff to either, Blasio, what how much ice time do you expect to see him? I mean, ah, geez, uh, eight, nine minutes tops. If he plays well, I could see some, some penalty kill in there. That would be nice. Uh, definitely want to get those special teams short up. It's been a major liability on both ends for the Red Wings this season. Uh, obviously, with the league's worst penalty kill and power play. That's pretty cool. Is number 12 available? You should wear number 12. No, just it's so. Sid Abel, bro. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. Your Red mind. Wings history. I bet. How, do you remember, is there a number 12 retired in the Chicago Blackhawks organization or no? I don't know. Oh, I'm su- that's, that surprises me. I'm, I'm a fan of the sport I now. know you're a pretty big fan for a while. So. I'm a fan of the sport now. Uh, <laughs> the other interesting thing with Taro Hirose, uh coming back up, he's been a real dynamic playmaker over the last five games for the Grand Rapids Griffins. He's got eight assists over the last five games, riding that you know nice five-game assist streak, uh, which you don't hear about too often. That's the longest uh, assist streak for the Griffins uh, this season, like we covered on our Grand Rapids update on Tuesday. Uh, so I think that that would really, really help when it comes to, uh, you know, this team needs playmakers right now. It needs to find ways to, to, you know, put pucks in the back of the net. And I think a lot of times when you watch this team in the attacking zone, it seems like they're always one or two passes away. There's, uh, you know, they they start to move the puck just a little bit, and then that pass misses a stick, or there's a wobbling puck, or somebody can't settle it down. So I think having somebody around to, you know, help control the offense uh, who's maybe not going to be relied on as a scorer is going to be a huge bonus. Now, Will it lead the Red Wings to their first victory in uh, 10 games on Thursday night? Probably not. But uh, here when you know when we preview games, I think traditionally the question we're going to ask rather than you know what to watch for and stuff like that, but the question is why watch? So for me, uh, this game at the very least does provide a bit of relief from kind of the humdrum that we're used to with just throwing the same guys out over there. We're going to see some new blood in Gustav Lindstrom, a guy that, you know, Fans have been waiting quite a long time to see, so I think that's reason enough to tune in. But, Ethan, what do you got for your why watch tonight? Do you guys remember in the summer when there there were rumors that we were going to trade Mantha for Ristolainen? Yes. That's, I'm gonna, you said I'm, you guys. I assumed you were talking to the listeners, but I'm speaking on yeah, their they, behalf. Yeah, I can't hear them. Okay, let's say, actually, let's say no. Take two. I oh, don't remember. Okay, well, that was a rumor over the summer. That, you know, maybe Eisman's going to deal that. There was a little bit of rumors in TSN and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that's what I'm going to think about in this game, just what rest aligning would look like in a Red Wings jersey, a young, right-shot, big defenseman. And just see, think about how he would help a blue line of guys that are 30-plus, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the Red Wings have needed a right shot defenseman uh, pretty much since 2002. Uh, actually, that was a pretty good year for them. But you know, ever since I can remember, ever since uh, this brain has been able to recognize and understand the game of hockey, it feels like the Red Wings have needed a right-handed defenseman. And We had Rafalski for a while. Rafalski was good. Rafalski was good, and he was, he was like, kind of that a little bit two-way yeah. where he could do both. And uh, <clears throat> that is true. That is true. He's dynamite on the power play. I miss Brian Rafalski. He was the first person that I saw bald, and I was like, that that works. That works for people. Yeah. Then I, that was the first person that I saw that was bald. That I was like, oh, that's a good look for him. And that made you feel good because at the age of 24, you... Never mind. Uh, do you remember... <laughs> do you remember... Do you remember when Brian Rafalski scored that goal in the round robin against Canada in the 2010 Olympics when oh, the USA beat Canada three? It was like three to two. Yep, that was cool. Amazing. Yeah. Good old days. Mm-hmm. He was one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that there's not a lot of reasons to watch this game tonight, frankly. Uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah, Jack Eichel. Rasmus yeah. Dolan. Yeah. Uh, a lot of young guys that they got over there that are kind of a bit exciting. That the game within the game, if you will. Well, I have a reason. Oh yeah, go for Buffalo's it. Buffalo's goalie's Linus Olmark. He's a younger goalie who's taken over from Carter Hutton, mm-hmm. who's had a you know he's been back to backup goalie Carter Hutton after signing there in free agency. Mm-hmm. And it's well, what would happen with uh, Larson? Maybe maybe he'll flourish into a Linus Olmark in a couple of years, and then we could have a young goalie. That's exactly what we're hoping, and we have talked a little bit about Philip Larson on this podcast before. Uh, you know, right now the goaltending situation <clears throat> is a little bit interesting because they, like we mentioned, they they don't really have anybody that's ready to come up within, I would say, at least a year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Larson is their top prospect in the goaltending position. He has not been good at all this year. Uh, but other than that, you know, in the system, you got Calvin Picard. Uh, he's a veteran. You're not a, a guy he's an, you want to rely on to be the future of your of your team. And obviously, Jimmy Howard is well on his way out of being the franchise goaltender in Detroit. The last thing we got to get to today is some rumors regarding Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, these rumors coming trickling in uh, over the past couple days. Uh, this first tweet that I got here is from NHL by Maddie. Uh, that's Oilers beat writer Jim Matheson. He said, Andreas Athanasiu is a complicated winger. Top three in NHL speed. Some nights, hell on wheels. <laughs> well, hey, Jeff Blaschel said he might play him at center, you know, coming into the the upcoming games. Maybe that'll – I read an article from Max Boltman yesterday uh, of The Athletic. If you haven't signed up for that website, go check it out. Max is one of the best in the biz uh, where he did kind of touch on that a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, uh, Jeff Blaschel said he was looking to play him more at center. I think, uh, you know, some of the names that you've been hearing, though, uh, Pittsburgh primarily is a team that would probably like to play him on the wing. Uh, I think most teams would probably like to to play him on the wing, but who knows, maybe showing a little bit of versatility uh, will help his trade stock a little bit or even just help him get going a little bit. Maybe a switch back to center will, will help him. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> so this, to finish off the tweet before I was rudely interrupted by my brand new co-host, Sorry about that. uh, he's top three in NHL speed. Some nights hell on wheels to try and stop others disengaged, but nobody knows that more than Ken Holland. Yes. If price is right, fully expect Edmonton to make pitch first round pick, probably not in play for anybody. Now this is interesting. It's not ideal. It's not, not ideal. That Ken Holland is a potential trade target 
and that he has an infatuation with Andreas Athanasiou already. You do remember when he traded a first-round pick for Kyle Quincy. Oh, yeah. I bring it up on here frequently. Andre Vasilevsky. Could have been <laughs> us. But it's not. Anyway, that would be cool. I mean, they have good young guys, Kaylor Yamamoto, but, I mean, he's really – I thought he was going to be a trade partner, somebody that they could think about, but, I mean, he's been in up in the NHL now for a handful of games, about, like, over 10, round 12, and, I mean, he's putting up a point, like, at least a point per game. So I think he's about off the board now. He was a young, fast guy, too. I don't know if it was going to be, like, an eye for an eye, but, I mean – well, I mean, <clears throat> with these types of trades, when you have, like, so Andreas having to see you, he's definitely not a prospect, right? But he's definitely not, you know, hasn't been in the league long enough to be considered a veteran. Uh, after last season, though, I would say that he would be considered a budding star. So, you know, in your, you know, just kind of, do you have a philosophy, Ethan Smith, NHL GM, like what you prefer to get back for those guys who are, you know, 24, 25 showing a lot of promise, but you know what? The rebuild isn't going to be ready by the time that, you know, they're going to be in their prime, and they're, he's probably not in the Red Wings' future right now anyways. Uh, you obviously never know. He will be a restricted free agent this year uh, and is only making $3 million. So got some good price on him right now. I, I think he could be, if he shows some value over the next couple weeks, I, I think maybe that first-round pick is a play, especially with Ken Holland. I mean, you've really got to think, too, that if Athanasi wants to try and raise that value for, for his upcoming contract, that he would ideally want maybe like a fresh start somewhere else yeah. where he can be playing with new teammates on a new team in a new city, and he could just be himself and focus on hockey instead of playing on a on this 12-win team that I, that he knows isn't going to be where he wants to be in the next three years. No. And I, you know, right now I think that I don't necessarily get the sense that he wants out of Detroit. I don't think he's made any comments uh, of the sort, but I think he would be best served given the season that he's had. It, it really can't get any worse for him here. So I, why not pray that you get shipped out of town and see if you can put up any sort of better numbers than you have this first half of the season. Because right now, I don't think anybody wants to lock him up for an extremely long-term deal like he's going to be looking for. And he's going to have to sign another short-term one. And then from there, all bets are off. So I would say that he's you know a little bit motivated to get out of town and over the next couple of weeks show that a contender should pay for him. Yeah, you know, I mean, I trust Stevie. So, Do you I trust mean- Stevie more than Ken? I I I would trust Stevie with my finances. I trust him with my life. I trust him with my health decisions. Would you let Stevie Y house it? Oh, absolutely. Watch your dog. I have two cats. Driver car. He could be on my insurance. Wow, that's a lot of trust. You know what? You know Dealer Rose for Fabry. You know what's great about this? It'll uh, be my will. What's great about this like potential trade partner for the Red Wings is that like. I totally believe in Ken Holland to make the wrong decision. Like, no matter how this trade goes down, like, you could get Andreas Athens to see you trade him out for a bag of pucks, and I'll be like, well, I mean, look at the two guys who were making the deal. I think we all know who got the best of this one. <laughs> so, if nothing else, there's, yeah. like, that positivity there. Do those pucks have that puck tracking simulation, though? Yeah, that was nasty. <laughs> that was nasty in the All Star game. Yeah, was, maybe I, Edmonton has that, and they can get us that. And after to see you, I mean, maybe Eisman sees a plus in that. You know what's really funny is I think that's that's like technology that was happened and that they brought it out in the '90s and everybody hated it. 
I think it was just like the blue. Oh. It was just a blue line that showed where it was going, but it wasn't in HD, so everybody's just like, why is there a blue line on my screen? Right, yeah, you couldn't see the puck at all. Yeah. I thought the It looked one, like NHL 94. I was going to say, I thought the one at the uh, the All-Star game was neat because it looked exactly like NHL 20. You know, like a, it, you could see the puck, but there was a shadow over it. Pretty neat. So, like, there was like every single player they had every player when they're all warming up and it had everybody's name. And I'm just like, I can't read any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what it's going to be like? I know. Too many graphics. The ones at the Super Bowl with like the cartoons and stuff like that. I don't really remember much of the Super Bowl. But uh, <laughs> I do remember that. I'm a big graphics guy, so. Yeah, those are cool. I like those. Like ESPNs were kind of like, they're, it's more animated, and they hold them for like 30 or 45 seconds. And it just doesn't look like the people that they're portraying. And it's like, I, there was one of like Conor McGregor, and it was like, I just, that doesn't look like Conor at all. No. Uh, CBS did a good job. CBS always does a good job. Uh, unfortunately, no hockey games on CBS. Uh, but the Red Wings will play on Fox Sports Detroit on Thursday night, which is a relief because that means we get the broadcast team of Mickey Redmond and Ken Daniels back. Uh, now, we are looking forward to that one. I don't necessarily know that we'll be back for a uh, game recap on Friday's episode. I'm trying to coordinate a crossover uh, with another NHL uh, host. So to Mac in Friday, see if, we, see if we recap, see if we talk to somebody else, see if Ethan's here at all. I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but... Uh, we certainly, by ear, people. certainly are sure uh, that you will be returning to hang out with us. Uh, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO, LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well, at Nolan Bianchi. Ethan, do you want to give your Twitter out? Do you want the people to interact with yeah, you? Yeah, my LinkedIn is Ethan Smith 1995 Your LinkedIn? Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow, and uh, thanks so much again for joining us.